my progress as the chairman just to kick off by asking Steve just to give a little introduction about himself and how he got involved with football and as a boy and a lad and so on and so forth and then we'll lead on from there, okay? This is the boring bit I'm afraid, sorry. I hope nobody minds me um, having a pint um, on here, I know some, it does offend some people but I do like my real house so um, nice part of MPA there so cheers to everyone. Thank you. I'm a real fan of Real Out, I love Real Out, so I hope you don't mind that. So, yeah, listen, um, my journey started, obviously, as, as young as I can remember, kicking a football. Um, that's all I wanted to do was be a professional footballer. My dad took me to Wolverhampton Wanderers when I was six. I know you won't be too happy about that, but I'm a Midland boy. I was born in Birmingham. Um, my dad um, worked in Tipton in the black country, and, and obviously everybody there was uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers fans. So... He took me along and I just got the bug, like you lot, I've got the bug for Orient, I've got the bug for, for Wolves and uh, would love to have gone and played uh, for Wolves but didn't get the opportunity. Um, got picked up at about 15 because there was no scholarships back then, it was just uh, schoolboys, so you signed for schoolboys at around 15. Uh, I got picked up in a trial game for the West Midlands district side, so I think it was, and um, from there went to, uh, got signed at Stoke City and spent a couple of seasons there, apprenticeship, um, got released after playing for England under 18s as well, they let me go, which was a bit of a shock, it was a shame, but I went to a crew and um, uh, Dario just got the job there in 1983 and so I went there for, uh, did four seasons, I was captain at 19, so I had a big responsibility with um, managing some of the, and, and obviously being a captain with some of the more experienced players. Um, I learned a lot with Dario, obviously, um, obviously one of the best coaches in the country uh, by a long way and uh, respected by the FA at that time, not now, but respected at that time by the FA. Um, and then from there, I uh, transferred to, to Burnley, uh, they paid about 15 grand, which I thought was a bargain at the time. <laughs> and um, I was captain there for four seasons and from there I moved to the old first division, which is now the championship for around £200,000, I think it was back then. That was around 91. Uh, Mel Machin me, who was obviously ex-Manchester City and that. Um, had a great career, they really enjoyed it, great club Burnley. And, and moving to Barnsley was, was obviously a two-league step up for me as a, as a player. Um, so, you know, I'd started at the bottom and you know, I did it the hard way. I had to work my way back up from Division 4 to the Championship, as it was, as it is now. And uh, Barnsley's, uh, as, you, as you know, the, the people there uh, can be very blunt. I'm not sure what questions you're going to throw at me, but I got thrown some great questions at Barnsley as a player. Um, I like what I say and I say what I bloody well like and all that sort of stuff. So I had seven years at Barnsley. I lived in Burnley with my wife, Gaynor, and we had the kids there. And um, so I had seven seasons. And from there I moved to Oxford in the Championship for about 75 grand. And had a couple of, couple of seasons. That's as near as the south I've been, unfortunately. So this is this is proper East London, but that was that's that's pretend plastic London's club, isn't it? That's not even London, really. So, but I had two good years there at Oxford. Really nice club, uh, but financially struggling, a difficult period. And then I was 35, and I come to a bit of a crossroads, thinking you know I had three or four offers to stay in the game. I hadn't seen my family for two and a half years, really. And uh, I chose my family over football and went back to Cheshire. And um, <laughs> she's put in the face. 
went back to Cheshire and um, played in the conference for four years with, with Northwich and then ended up uh, caretaker, then manager and then ended up at Nantwich and I played till I was 41 so I played for a long time so I, I just I love football, I didn't want to retire from football I wanted to play as long as I possibly could at any level uh, and that's the passion that I have for football and Nantwich is a great club an up and coming club um, had great success there uh, two promotions, two cup wins FA Vars, uh, Cheshire Senior Cup and then almost got a third promotion to the Conference North um, so gone from North West Counties to Conference North in five seasons so we had great success from there I went to Crewe 2009 and then I spent seven years at Crewe first as assistant to Good John Thorderson uh, I don't know whether you've come across Good John but <laughs> really an unusual character let's just say um, he's now back in Iceland but um, he lasted uh, not too long about six months um, because he didn't do it the crew way so I learned very quickly from that spell that you had to do things the crew way um, so I managed that and, and fitted in with, with the way they do things at crew which I liked anyway because obviously they're, they're a big football team so they play football the right way and then from as I say from Dario taking over after good John I spent two years as assistant assistant to Dario and then from there I got the job when Dario stepped down, Dario, Dario became director of football I then got the job and managed the team for the, the five years before I've come here so um, I suppose in many respects professionally I'm quite new to the job it's only my second job in professional football um, but I've, I've done the groundwork, I've done the grassroots I've, I've pumped the balls up, I've cleaned the changing rooms, I've done the pitch I've done all those things that associated with grassroots football so I know that you have to graft and you have to work to get anything out of uh, life and that's what I've done so uh, the same as I say I come from uh, a working background so my father worked in a factory my mum was an hairdresser so um, you know I know I know that how hard you have to work and how hard it is life is and you have to do the best you can and work as hard as you possibly can so I find myself here now looking forward to um, what's ahead I'll talk briefly about how I come to come, you know, get here in the first place with what happened. Um, I got a, a text off Matt Porter on the 2nd of July, on the Sunday, to say we'd like to speak to you, uh, have an interview the following day. So they didn't leave me a lot of time to prepare and, and look at what the club was about. But in fairness, I already knew what the club was about because I brought teams here before and uh, I knew the passion and the support that was here already. So. You know, I just did a little bit of briefing on that, the players that were left at the club, the players that were about to depart the club. Obviously the previous regime, which I won't really talk too much about, because I know I'll get done for the swear box if I say his name. <laughs> so I'm, I won't mention him. Um, so I, I did my homework in, in the brief time that I had before I came to um, the interview, and, and I had the interview on Monday, on the Monday, uh, with Martin and Matt Porter. Um, and that went well. As a, it's funny because I sat in, in the in the settee outside the lift, and um, it was about 15 minutes before my interview. And Teddy Sheringham jumped out of the lift and put a big smile, then walked past and was wondering who I was. He didn't, I, think, I knew him, but he didn't know who I was. I don't think. Um, so yeah, then I went up and spoke to the two guys, and it went really well. Oh, I thought it went really well. Uh, then I got the train back up north, and then I got a call off Martin again. Uh, to say that the owner and the chairman wanted to speak to me the following day so obviously they were in America the uh, Kent phoned me um, just an ordinary phone from America I was on for about an hour and, and Nigel spoke to me 
FaceTime when I was there with my phone for an hour like that. I mean, I keep swapping arms. So I had a good hour. He asked a lot of questions um, about me and about previous, you know, what happened previously at Crew and you know what I thought I could bring to the football club. And, and you know, again, from that, from them phone calls. Um, they uh, they picked, I think there was two of us left, so they picked the one that they liked the best. And fortunately for me, all four picked me, so it was nice that I was first choice and not second choice coming here. Um, and then the following day I met Martin at uh, Watford Gap. Um, uh, obviously took him probably a little bit longer than me to get out of London, but we met and he offered me the job that night. So about, about 10 o'clock at night we, we chatted for three or four hours and then he drove back home so from then I started on the Monday on the 10th and uh, here I am in my sixth week I think now so uh, I enjoyed every minute of it I've had a great welcome from you lot which has been nice I've settled in in uh, Russell's old flat upstairs here so he'd uh, have been having a go if I was late tonight but I had to make sure I was on time um, so yeah I'm really enjoying it I'm enjoying life in London and we've always enjoyed coming down to London with the family to, to see the sights and um as I say, it's nice to be here, so I'm looking forward to hopefully being here for a period of time. Thank you. I will try and answer the questions, uh, all the questions that are thrown at me. I know that politically some of them I can't answer, um, but I will try and answer all the football ones in the best possible way I can. So, but some of them I won't be able to, I'm afraid, uh, but I'll do my best, okay? Who's going to go first? Yes. Please speak up, so we've only got the one mic. Do you want this mic? Hello? I've noticed in all the games, when we're defending set pieces, we don't leave a single player up front. Now, if we did that, the other team would leave two up front to defend that. Why, why is that? And when we're attacking with set pieces, we leave Caprice and Widdison at the back, marking no one and Lawless on the edge of the area. And I think Caprice should move up and Lawless should sneak round the back and he would have got a tap in at Woking on Saturday. <laughs> Cheers, Gaffer. <laughs> well, I always get asked about corners and um, if, you, if you watch the corners, I think um, in previous, some games, not here, but I have left two open, and James Dayton at the moment is the one player that stays up. The only time he ever comes back is if one of the back players comes for a short corner, so he actually has to come with him, because there's nobody else around the box that can do that. So I do like to clean one up, because obviously when it gets cleared, then we get pressure on the ball and we're able to, to mount an attack. So I think if you watch clearly, we'll see James Dayton is the one that should stay up. Um, the full-backs that stay back are our quickest two players, so I always think you, you keep your pace for any counter-attack, so obviously Caprice and Widdison, uh, Caprice particularly, is probably the quickest at the football club, so I think that the reason we keep defenders back is because they can defend better than Alex Lawless could if he came back and defended, so I think the mindset is always to have your quickest players and, and your full-backs or your defenders, because they're more defensive minded than Alex Lawless would be, so it's a good, good, good question, and as I say, uh, I do get asked about those sort of set plays and corners on black to to answer that, as I say, sometimes it will leave two up, um, but then you end up with less in the box to defend with. Um, so it's, it's twos and fros, and it's whatever suits the game. Every game's a bit different. I think against the bigger teams, um, where you need a bit more physicality and bodies, it's better to try and get pack the box with, with people. 
Um, sometimes it's, it might be the other way round to try and get them to keep three back. Um, Eastley will be big. I know that Barrow are very big. So we have to look at different ways because we've got a few big lads in our team, in fairness. But there will be teams that are a lot more physical and bigger than we are. And we have to find ways of defending against those sort of players, um, whether it's keeping two up, one up, or whether we pack the box with our own players. In the end, if we don't concede, it's the right decision. If we do concede, it's the wrong decision. Like I say, it's a matter of opinion. And uh, if it works, it's great. If it doesn't, you look at full. So, uh, and I'm, I'm obviously, as a manager and a head coach, I'm always happy to take the criticism if it doesn't work. If it works, I don't, I don't need to take the pat on the back. I think it's just, you know, you'll see that yourselves. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks. You're quicker than me. Right, who's next? She's a lot quicker than me. Yeah, on the wing. <laughs> uh, have you found your centre forwards yet? Are you all big in the wrong direction now? <laughs> I'd rather you be big that way, unfortunately, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting a bit of a punch as well, but not quite as big as yours yet. <laughs> no, we've, um, I'm not trying to be rude, I'm just being silly, so. Um, yeah, we've, we've, um, we, we've identified one that actually went to a league club, he chose to go to a league club, which is, you know, what we're up against now. Obviously in the National League, we would have got him certainly if it had been in League Two. Um, but we've still identified one or two out of the league that we'd like, the 6-3, 6-4. Um, we, we, we would, I would have liked a younger one, really, to, to work with who can run about a little bit more. But, it's good. you know, we looked at one at, at down the road at Spurs, but um, it wasn't really what we were looking for. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure we'll get him now. But <laughs> I know he was here back then, wasn't he, on loan? So, and I think, uh, you know, talking to some of the guys that when he was here, you know, he, he was very indifferent at that time in his career. So he, had, he wasn't sure about himself, although he showed glimpses of quality. Um, and that's what you get off the kids. You get glimpses of quality, and then you see glimpses of where they really struggle and, uh, you know, the inconsistency. So I think a more experienced player would help. Um, certainly for a different plan. I don't think we have a different plan at the moment, apart from playing a different way. I'd like a big player up there to be able to hit and play a little bit further up the pitch. You know, although I do like to play football, um, I do realise in this league that sometimes you can't, you get pressed, and you've got to play a different way. And so a big player would enable us to do that. Following on from that, what's the situation with Abrahams? Are we going to see him again this season? <laughs> I expected that question. That's a good question. Um, obviously, when I came to the club, the first thing I did was assess um, the fact that we needed some players and also to look at the young players that everyone was excited about, as I was. Um, and then a decision was made, not my decision, to move the boys on. Um, that came from above, not me. I would have liked more time to work with those boys. Uh, and that's probably the only decision that hasn't been mine since I've been at the club. So and sometimes you have to buy a bullet and those decisions are made for a reason, which it was. Um, the, the loan agreement with Norwich, obviously you're always, you know, you always have to abide by what they want. 
um, unfortunately. So they got games, we couldn't give him games at the time, um, and they asked for him to come back. So they wanted him to train there. He played Monday, he played Friday. He's got more games this week coming up. So I think where he was, he needed to play. Um, he was only going to be on our bench at the time. So for his benefit, his development, it was better for him to go back to Norwich. And then we can recall him, we can have him back whenever we need him. But I'm not sure yet whether that will work because obviously he's not around the club. He's spending most of the time with, with Norwich. So getting him back, he won't have worked much with the players or the systems and the things that we're doing in the week. So we'd literally get him back for just games. And I'm not sure that's right for him either or right for the football club. So um, there may be a decision at the weekend as to whether we carry on with that loan or whether we end that loan at the moment. I think Martin's had some conversations with Norwich about you know how we, if we can move that forward or not, or whether it's best that he stays there. You know, one player's there every day. Uh, I actually rate Josh Caroma higher than I do um, from Christian. So um, I don't see him now as a winger. I see him as a forward. I watched him today playing up front, and he was you couldn't hold Josh. He was blistering up front. So he gives us a quick, powerful option up there. Obviously he doesn't give us the big target man option but he gives us a different option to to what uh, McCauley and, uh, and and Moons does for us so you know that's where I look to play him but that does leave us a little bit short on the wing and another thing is Trichin can only really play number nine whereas Josh can play several positions so you know while I've got Josh I'll work with him and try and improve him and, and make a player of him as I say the Tristan one as, as I've explained really I hope that answers your question. Thanks. Right, Steve. Uh, just a question about the um, the squad depth. Um, we've signed um, a backup left back in Christian Scales. I was just wondering, for example, if Willowson got injured, would you throw Christian Scales in as a starter straight away? Likewise, the likes of Miles Judd, um, Freddie Moncur, maybe Henry Otching. So I just wanted to know what your opinion was on the squad depth we've got. Yeah, um, the, the one with Scales, he was brought in as cover really for, for Joe. Um, I would probably play Juddy before Joe, uh, even on the left, because Juddy is a good player. Uh, I like him. Um, and he's ahead of Scalesy, even though he's a right footed player playing left back. I, I don't see any reason why you can't do that. I've had players at crew have been excellent at right footed at left back who can attack inside as well. So. I think Judy could do that equally as well as, as um, Joe could, in obviously a different way. Um, Emery I like as a player. Um, obviously they're all a bit frustrated that they're not playing at the moment. And you know I'd love to put them all in, but I think it's the right time at the moment not to. But they will get their opportunities because they're, they're decent. They're not world beaters, but they're decent lads and they're decent players. And But they're coming off the back of a very difficult season last season and they're still um, suffering from that from a confidence point of view so I have to try and build the confidence first integrate them into the team hopefully like one at a time if I can do that and then bring them out again and bring them back in until they're ready to play regular Emily's in that, that category really um, you know you've got um, Clarky as well and, and, and Aaron Pollock and, and Danny Appy who's actually probably ahead of them too as well he's going to be a talent so um, he's 6'4 
he's going to be a good player. We've got people phoning me up about him. So, um, you know, those are players that we'd like to keep at the football club. And they have to wait for an opportunity. And uh, we, we are very strong in, in the centre-half positions. Obviously, two experienced lads are, have come in. We've got Jamie Sandals-White as well, who's fit now. Uh, to come in as well so there will be one or two loans I would think to get them out and get experience. we've loaned Aaron out to Wealdstone and his first game the manager got sacked so I'm not sure where we're up to with that but um, but I think he'll stay there and, and get some games like Clark did last season in that league uh, I think they need that um, what else is there and there's others I mean, as I say we, we've um, I think the squad's reasonably strong in midfield we've got four midfield players with um, Craig Clay as well as the third one in there, so and then we obviously is the fourth. Freddie's, uh, I'm not really, you know, I had a lot of time spending with Freddie Monk. Uh, he came late into into the pre-season, um, so I probably only spent two or three weeks with Freddie. Um, Freddie's still running outside in the pitch now. He, he, he's literally got that much energy. And what I have got to try and teach Freddie is to is when and when not to make the movements and when to stand still and when to run around. So. You know, he's a young lad and he's learning the game and uh, he's got great enthusiasm for a young kid. Um, whether he's going to be good enough or whether the other's going to be good enough, time will tell. But they've all got potential, I have to say. So, jo joining on to Zach's last question, <coughs> do you think he'll try him on in the FA Vars? Because it's not a competition I'm quite a looking trophy. forward to, basically. Yeah. Trophy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's an opportunity in those games to blood some of them again. I mean, they've only played, you know, six to ten, fifteen games, some of those lads. Um, you know, ideally they've played 100 games now at the previous club I was at. At 20, they played 150 games because they played since they were 17. So these lads are just starting out and those sort of games, depending on the opposition who we draw, um, good games to put them in. I'm not afraid to put them in league games. You know, they, this is a tough league, and um, if I played them all at the same time, they'd struggle. You know, last season they they did well in league two, but they didn't win many games, and they lost a lot of games. Uh, so we have to bear that in mind that playing them all together um, isn't the right thing because they struggled, they lost confidence, uh, they doubted themselves. But with experience and them added to it. Um, they'll get that confidence back and they're gradually getting that confidence back now and you will see as I say there will be some little inclusions of some of them this season at different times and you know I'm sure you will love to watch your own players we've got a good crop of players at the moment I'm sure you will love to watch lads that have come through the system uh, as much as I do um, I think it's great for the, the club and great for the town great for them that if they do come into the team you know they become heroes if they do well so and I want you know I want them to do well and that's what I'm here for I'm here to use my experience in coaching young players to, uh, you know, to help them become better players. Hi Steve, welcome to our club. Thank you. Um, I've got a Twitter message here from Les Kay, and he's asking, as we are limited to five subs, would you consider not having a goalkeeping sub and an extra outfield player, just instead, he feels that the rules limit us. Thank you. Yeah, I would, is the answer. I would um, consider that. It does give you another option, whether it's attacking or 
in a different position. As long as you've got an outfield player who can play in goal in an emergency, and I'm not sure at the moment we've got that player or not. Um, I think Charlie Lee's played in goal before, so maybe he would, he's daft enough to do that. And um, So he, he would be the choice at the moment. Maybe he isn't big enough, but he's certainly wide enough um, to do that. So he would do that for us. But yeah, I would consider that. I just think the rules are a bit antiquated in this league that you can't have seven subs and that would get you know more options and that would solve the problem as having a goalkeeper on the bench. So um, I, would, I would like that, but I will definitely go with five and... and take the risk sometimes in games where we have an extra option somewhere on the pitch, probably an attacking area, I would have thought. Yeah, sorry, on the goalkeeping front, obviously we, we've, we've gone from Granger, sorry, from uh, Sergeant to Granger, that must have been a tough call. Uh, and also, talking about that, the, the last one, obviously he's not going to get on the bench as well, so I think it must be a killer for him. What, you know, tough one. They're both good. Mm. Why, why are the call for, for, for going into the sergeant? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Sam finished the season, I think, in the last season, but I haven't seen, apart from the clips of him, I haven't really seen him um, perform in a game, apart from, you know, any behind-closed-doors games. Um, I, I judged it on what I've seen in the six weeks that I've been there, and... Charlie's just ahead, but as you said, there isn't a lot between them. They're both very different in terms of their character. I think Sam's braver um, than Charlie, and, he, and I've told them this to the face. This is not something I'm telling you that they don't know about. I've sat them down and said, there's nothing between you, but Charlie's got the shirt at the moment. Now, if he, And I don't think he's done a lot wrong. I think the solely old game, he could have... He died out of the way a little bit, and he, he said he tried to anticipate the shot there. And, but other than that, I think he's done well. He's come for crosses, he's been strong, he's punched the ball, he kicks the ball a mile. He looks the part, if you like. Sam's a little bit rough around the edges, although he's braver, and you know he makes great saves. He made some terrific saves today in training, so they both do. Um, but I think Sam will get his chance. You know, Charlie's got a dead leg at the moment. I don't think he's going to be fit for Saturday yet. Um, but that won't leave. You know, we've got. We've got Dean, the coach, who can go on the bench. He's a goalkeeper as well. That's why we brought Dean in, to provide cover when one of those young boys is injured. Um, and also to help them going forward. So if they are both struggling, then we've got Dean who can play in goal. So it, it, it was an ideal scenario to have a coach and somebody who can play in goal and cover them as well. So, But I do like them both. Um, I would like them to be about three inches taller because I like big goalkeepers. That's just me. That's my preference. Um, but that doesn't mean to say they're bad goalkeepers. I, I do like them both as lads and as goalkeepers. They're both very talented lads. You learn very quick. <laughs> Hello, Governor. Um, I've seen Clay play, and with his experience with Motherwell and the SPL, why don't you start the game with a man? I think his presence is enormous in midfield, and his ability uh, unquestionable. You might see him Saturday, to be fair. <laughs> Couldn't do it with you not saying that, but... But no, he's. I know. I, listen, we brought him in because for a reason. He's, he's got out of this league for, with Grimsby. Done really well. Um, knows about the league. Knows what's required. And the thought Saturday was terrific when he came on. He made a big difference in there. And 
he's always knocking on the door. I get fed up of him coming in and speaking to me, but I love him coming in because that's what I want from players. They want to play, and, and he's one of them lads. So, you know, the, the form of the others has been decent without being spectacular. I think Alex Laws has probably been the best midfield player in there at the moment. Charlie's been a bit in and out, I have to, I have to admit. Um, he's played with an injury or two, um, but maybe, you know, we could have given Craig a go, but he does deserve a chance. And, and I've said to Craig that he will get games. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, I think any any two that we play out of the four will be okay anyway, um, you know, with, with Emery in there as well. Um, as long as he plays with an experienced midfield player, he'll be fine as well. So, But yeah, Craig's a good player and, uh, you know, he's a great addition to this squad. and he will get opportunities, whether it's Saturday or the next game or so, we'll see. But, um, but thanks for the questions, good question. Right, um, I've had my hand up a few times and uh, now the vital moment's come, I've forgotten the question. <laughs> uh, actually, I've, I've just remembered, yeah. I, my first point is congratulations on Saturday, getting the 2-0 win after the disaster the previous Tuesday. And I just wondered about that Tuesday, if you've got any ideas of what went wrong. And what surprised me was you actually changed the starting lineup and then reverted back to the normal one at half-time. And I just wondered what the thinking was or the reasons were for that. Uh, so that's my question. But I'd just like to say something else. that uh, You spent a lot of time at Burnley and my mother came from Colne, which is near Burnley, so I've got relations in that part of the country of very big Burnley fans. But right. welcome to Leighton. Thank you. <coughs> Forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I mean, the, the original thought with, with the selection was that our wingers worked the hardest in the team, uh, without a doubt, and, and Joby at 35, and Dates, who started pre-season late, was a good opportunity to give Josh and uh, Bocco a game because they were fresh. Um, but they didn't really have an impact in that game, along with probably the ten, you know, the others as well, nine others. Um, you know, it's one of those games where um, you know, I just you look at it and you couldn't really help any of them because they were all a disaster on the night and, and, and they were all struggling and. When I looked at the, the GPS, which they wear on their backs, have you noticed that little bulge in the back, the, the, the global positioning system that they wear? I was trying to find a reason. Hadn't they run around enough and, and those sort of things? But the science now tells me that they ran around more than they ran around against Solihull. So it wasn't lack of effort. It wasn't about running around. It was just the, the mistakes were horrific. And, um, you know, the back four probably all had an off night together. The goalkeeper couldn't really have saved any of the six when I've watched them. He got a palm, he palmed one out which he could have done a little bit better with. Other than that, he couldn't really get near them. Um, and everybody in front of him was the same. I thought the wingers gave us a bit of a spark second half in the first 10, 15 minutes. But 2-0 going in, in into the second half. Um, once we couldn't break through after 15, 20 minutes, um, we just collapsed and uh, you know that's unacceptable from, from any team. So, you know, obviously there was harsh words said after and um, and they all knew, it's an experienced dressing room, they all, they've all been there before in that situation when things haven't gone for you. I think you can carry a couple of players, two or three players in a team, you can't carry 11 players. And like I say, if I'd have made 11 substitutions, I would have done that at half-time. Um, 
So it was a difficult night and probably a real kick up the backside as to what the league's going to be. Now Bromley have gone full time now, I believe, and um, this season and, and they're flying. If you look at the top two teams, they've both got AstroTurf. I'm not going to use that as an excuse, but Sutton and Bromley um, are both one and two in the league. So it's an un I think it's an unfair advantage, that's my opinion, um, playing on that surface. They were both very different. One was watered with no rubber on it, which was very fast. Um, they didn't play any football when we played Sutton, they just whacked it out of play and, and got rid of the ball boys second half so we had no one to get the ball back, all those little tricks that they're using normally, um, it's not an excuse, it's just a fact. And then the Bromley game was completely different and before the Sutton game we actually trained on AstroTurf two days previous to get used to it but the AstroTurf we trained on was totally different to Sutton's and then the AstroTurf from Sutton's to Bromley's was just all rubber, it was just black. There wasn't any grass coming through it, it was just literally rubber, so it was really slow. And they didn't water it, so, you know, it was difficult. But I'm taking nothing away from the fact that it was a poor performance. And obviously, as I say, we, we had to do something about it on Saturday. We played a bit different, a bit tighter. Didn't We were very open Tuesday. I didn't think there was a lot of protection on the wings and um, in that game at all and fair play to them because they've had a great start they beat Hartlepool as well um, at the weekend so you know hopefully we can put that right when we play them again and we've got one more game on AstroTurf probably look to play a little bit different on it this time I think I've learned that you know that system we play is probably not suited we're probably better playing a long ball pack the middle of the pitch type system um, so I've learned a lot about that type of game on that service and about the league. I think it's probably come at a good time in many respects after two good home wins that that's been a right kick up the backside for everybody. Knowing that this league isn't going to be a walkover, there's going to be some difficult games and they're the form team at the moment and you know, hopefully they'll fall away along with Sutton and we'll get stronger um, as the game goes on. So like I say, big lesson but lessons have been learned and the important thing is that you react and respond and that's what we did on Saturday. We, without being brilliant, I don't think we've been brilliant yet in any games. We haven't. I haven't come off actually, and you probably haven't thinking that was good today. And I want to get to a stage in the season when I can sit on the sit on the chair. I might have to be shouting and bawling on the outside, and where we, where we can just relax and watch them play. I want to play and and enjoy watching them play and enjoy watching them win. Um, so until I get to that stage, I know there's a lot of hard work to be done with. A relatively, you know, big group of influx of players, 13 new players. Um, it's going to take a bit of time, but we will get there and we will we will get better. And as I say, we may have one or two of them results still. You know, we're not going to win every game, being honest. Um, but it, I think it's the manner in which you lose, which was hurtful. I, I don't mind losing games, I can accept that with dignity. But when you lose by six, that hurts and that's um, unacceptable. And as I say... I went home like a supporter, sulking, and uh, couldn't sleep that night. So it affects <laughs> affects me just as much as it affects you. Um, but hopefully, we, we did a little bit to, to put that right, and hopefully, the, the weekend we can go on better again. And if we can win Saturday, then it's very tight up there. It's, it's going to be a tight league, I think. I don't think there's an outstanding team this season in, in this league. Um, so hopefully, we can be that outstanding team. Hello, Steve. Um, with all the games, there were a lot of games in this league, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. How many more players do you 
would you ideally like to come in? Because I know you like to keep the same team together all the time. But we obviously you're going to need a lot more depth in squad. How many more players are we looking to get in before the transfer window in January? Um, well, depending on who we, who we think needs to go out on loan, that being the younger players, we've got four third-year scholars as well that are probably fringing but not not ready yet. That they could go out, so that'll that'll leave us a little bit weaker uh, in, in cover. But you know, obviously, a, a big striker would be great. We need to get that one in ASAP, and, and hopefully, we can do that very shortly. Um, if Karoma is, is a nine, then we need another winger to cover that. Um, so I'd like to bring, maybe bring another winger in. And I think that would be it at the moment. I think, obviously, um, we don't have a great deal of cover, but Judy could cover a full-back. Scales is not quite ready yet, but maybe in, in another six to 12 months. Um, so we don't want to crowd the squad, because if we bring too many in, then the, our younger players aren't going to get the opportunities um, at all. So they're not getting opportunities at the moment. Apart from Josh and, and Grange, they're the only two that have really made the team at the moment. Um, so I do want to leave the door open and, and the passageway for them to come into the side. So obviously I'm aware of that. So um, maybe two more players I think would, would help us. We've got to be better than what we've got. Um, there's no point in bringing them in just to add to numbers. You know, we want quality rather than quantity. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. Delighted you're here. Hope you stay a lot longer than some of the other people. <laughs> <laughs> you have. There is. You mentioned a winger. There's a guy, a Crawley, whose name will have been brought to your attention, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people in this room. He never wanted to leave this club. His name's Dean Cox. He loves the club. He's passionate. He's a great free kick exponent. Uh, and he said that if ever he got a chance to come back, he would find it very difficult to turn down. Harry Cure obviously doesn't want him. So what are the chances? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, he's on um, a real. He's on a lot of money because we've already made inquiries about that. So we are ahead of you <laughs> in, in thinking about bringing Cox back. Um, you know, obviously when I brought teams here, he's been a star man uh, when Moons was here before and, and Dagnall and all those players and back in the, the League One team. You know, he's one of the star men. So I know that he isn't in favour. I think that's more about his salary than anything else that they're trying to bring their salary down a little bit. So. Um, it would be whether, whether we could afford him or not, because I know I have a little bit left in the budget, but maybe not as much as what he's earning, so it would have to be something that was in agreement if we thought he was the right player to bring in. Um, you know, I, I don't want to, I want to take the emotion out of bringing players in, because I know the supporters loved him, and he never wanted to leave, and a bit like Moons has, has come back. and. Um, and I get that, and I get that from a supporter's point of view, that when, when you've got a hero and somebody's done fantastically well, that you want to see him back at the football club, and I get that totally. Um, but sometimes the, the ruining power and things like that doesn't you enable you to do that, and, and you know, and you have to look at other options. But I, I wouldn't rule it out, um, I'm not, I wouldn't say no, um, because I know he'd be a great addition, um, how he plays would suit how I like to play. And uh, he scores goals, and any winger that scores goals is worth the weight in gold. So, uh, as I say, I wouldn't rule it out, but 
we'll, we'd have to see going forward whether that's something we could do financially or not. Steve, talking about wingers that score goals, uh, and even allowing for the opposition of Harlow Town being fairly modest, Josh Taylor gave a very impressive display, scored a goal with each foot, and looked a good player. Uh, a decision before he went to Sutton, who intriguingly are not playing him at the moment, um, but before he went to Sutton, we clearly made a decision for ourselves. He wasn't our choice. Yeah. Um, could you expand on that a little bit? Please? Yeah. I think at the time we had him, uh, he was already in when I came in. Uh, when I got the job, he was he was already in on trial. Um, I think he was one of Mickey Adams' uh, players. And um, so, apart from that game, I hadn't really seen much of him apart from a couple of sessions in training. I think two sessions in training, um, and then he played. So my assessment was against Harlow uh, on AstroTurf. And to be fair, as, as I told him, he couldn't have done any more. We we would agree to bring Joby back in, although he wasn't at the club at the time. Um, we got Josh Karoma, we got Alzati, I think, and Tristan as well. So we got f four options um, on the wings. So we thought an additional option of that type isn't going to start. And he's he's 22, uh, and obviously the other lads were only 18, 19. So there's a lot more. They were going to become better players in that time. Um, He's gone to Sutton, he's not been able to get in the side, as you said. But at the time it was a decision made because of some of our own players that aren't here now, but at the time I didn't realise that they were leaving. So the only one that I knew that we were going to sign was Joey McEnough. Obviously we couldn't make that public at the time, but that was the reason um, that we didn't sign Josh. Although, you know, I quite like Josh. Um, good size and, as I say, cut inside, scored a couple of really good goals. Um, and, and listen, the game's about making decisions and you get some wrong, you get some right. Now, time will tell whether that's a wrong decision or the right decision. Now, if he gets in Sutton's got team and bangs in 15 goals and gets another move, then it was a wrong decision and we got that wrong. If he doesn't get in the team and disappears somewhere else, then we got that right. So, again, it's a, it's a football decision that we have to make, but it was based upon still having our young kids at the club at the time. And after that, we lost, we lost Alzati and we lost Christian. So... That left us a little bit short, apart from Joby and Josh, who could play in their position. Then obviously we brought James Dayton in, and and Ramal Bocco can also play on the wings and as a number ten. So the signings were made after after that. So okay, hope that answers your question. Thanks. Thank you, John. That's the thing about having your daughter on the mic. Right, um, just another one from Twitter. Orient Fan TV has asked, will the money received from the sales of Elzati and Abrahams be invested back into the team? And they've put possibly towards the purchase of a target man, but I think you've covered that bit. But thank you. The, um, like I said, the, the, that decision to, to get rid of those boys wasn't mine. And there's a reason for that, obviously I can't tell you about that, so there's a reason for that. Um, that the money we get is there now, uh, but isn't the money that it appears we're going to get. So um, there is money there that's been added onto the budget that we can spend, and obviously their salaries as well. Um, so that will help bring in the striker. Yeah, so we've, we've got some of it. 
um, to use, but not all of it, for political reasons. Leave it at that. Right, Steve, so uh, you mentioned about some of the players going out alone. We've got uh, Dolby. Um, what's happening with Dolby? I appreciate, personally, Philly needs to fit out of it, so he's not the answer now. But do you see him coming to your, into your equation, or are we going to get him out on loan, or what's happening with him, really? Well, he, he's 17 years of age, and he's had, he's had a few like He's still growing. Uh, he's about six foot two. Um, he's been injured a lot since I've been here. He, he's only really trained um, probably two weeks of the six weeks that I've been here. So uh, he's played a couple of games for the youth team and got injured again. Um, so that's where he is at the moment. He, he's, he's sort of, I think he's just grown into his body a little bit, if, if it makes sense. He's, he's, I say he's a big lad. I don't think his body's caught up with him. It's going to take maybe six to 12 months before he does that, maybe even longer. Uh, but he's a good shape, good player. I like him, left footer. Not sure where his best position is yet. I think he'll end up as a midfield goal scorer rather than a forward. He thinks he's a nine, but he can't edit, so he's not going to be a nine. Uh, it might be a ten. You know, he's very clever, very cute in what he does. He's got, he gets goals, and he's big, and he'll he'll get stronger and he'll get bigger. Now, whether he becomes a good editor of the ball, maybe he becomes a man. He might become better at that. But at the moment, he's got great techniques and a great left foot, great wonderful left foot, and and, and I like him, but. As I say, he's only trained for two weeks out of the, the six weeks, so I haven't had a, a real chance to assess him yet as to where he's going to be. But you know, we don't, we've always seen him as a first-team squad player, and um, you know, time will tell whether he breaks through into that. Steve, most important, it's nearly half past eight. Can I buy you a beer? <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> the time he took to the mic, he could have brought me one, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I'll have an MPA, please. That'd be very nice. Thank you very much. Um, okay, I think it's time for a bit of refreshment. Yeah, and then I'm happy to take some questions after, if that's okay. Thank you.